0: Our Father, as we come before your throne of grace and mercy, we are grateful for this beautiful time of the year. We thank you for the good weather that we're having, even though lots likes to have snow on Christmas, we're thankful that we are able to come out without uh, any hazards tonight and today. And so we pray, our Father, as we approach you and thank you for sending your Son For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. We are thankful for his gift to us. A gift that could never never be bought by money, could never be bought by, by good works or achieved through any effort of our own self nor any payment of money that could ever have been given. But it is a free gift. Not of works, lest any man should boast. We're thankful for Jesus. We pray as we study today uh, about the end, the circumstances around Mary and Joseph. We're so beautiful the story is. We're so thankful for We pray your blessing upon each one here that they'll have a Merry Christmas. And Lord, that most importantly, that they have the gift. The gift of Christ, the Savior, in their hearts and their lives. And if they don't today, they might proclaim that in their life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Luke chapter number 2. The gospel of Luke gives a more vivid picture of the birth of Jesus than does Matthew. And that's probably because Luke was a doctor. So, in just one verse, chapter 2, verse 7, we can perceive a great deal of information about the circumstances of the birth of Jesus. Let's read verse 7. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the end Uh, right from that verse we can understand four things about about the birth of jesus first of all we can understand he was the first child that mary uh, conceived and then she obviously as we read in the scripture had more children And so uh, we know that Jesus was the firstborn. Then we can look into history and we can understand why was Mary and Joseph there. And in the year 5 BC, there was a taxation by the Romans, as we read in this very chapter, that all the civilized world under the roman control at that time had to go and pay taxes in their own city and so we know that this is a historical fact then thirdly we see that mary and joseph were probably poor people and the reason we see that is because they wrapped him in swaddling clothes, those are rags that they wiped animals with before they milked them or before they used them in whatever method that they would and then they laid him in a feeding trough, a manger. And fourthly we see that there was no room for them in the inn because it was such a busy time of the year a very busy season they were in because of the tax collection many people were traveling and so we see that brother luke brings these things to our attention that we might not have understood the circumstances of the birth of jesus So we find there was no room for them. Why? Again, because the whole entire Roman world, which was a great, massive empire at that time, the largest one up to that point in history, had gone to pay taxes to the Roman government. Chapter 2, verse 1, And it came to pass, in those days there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed or registered. And we read in verse 4, And Joseph went from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth unto Judea, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the lineage of David to be registered or taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child, in other words, her ninth month. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. <clears throat> now, if we could make a comparison of the business and the, the uh, uh Crowd of people at that time uh, go to Myrtle Beach on the 4th of July and try to find a motel room. Yeah? Well, you won't be too successful. No vacancy. Yet the innkeeper seemingly had some sort of mercy and he allowed them to stay in his stable. Again, we read verse 7. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swollen clothes and laid him in a manger. That indicates that they were in a, a barn type of uh, atmosphere. And how about in the inns in those days? If you'll read about uh, the inns in those days, we find out that they were um, walled, uh, and with a, they were wall structure with arches and, and they had inside like a rectangular room and they ate in those rooms and they, and they uh, fellowshiped in those rooms. They even slept in those rooms. So if you can imagine a large room where all the people had eaten and they had talked and then the, the hour gets later and they all fall asleep in that room. And then in the back of those inns, there was a uh, like an escape door or a door to go out, and and usually that's where people that were staying in uh, in that inn would have their beast of burden or their camels or their horses or donkeys, whatever they had ridden. And so there in that little town of Bethlehem, We see that the Lord Jesus had no place to lay his head and they went into this this area where the uh, animals were and, and there Mary that evening gave birth to the Lord Jesus Christ. It maybe even was in a cliff, in a rock, a cliff type of a shelter because in Bethlehem it was such a hilly area of... Israel. So today we want to look at uh, three things about this birth and they all start with the letter O so that will help you remember the message today. And the first thing is in the end inn, or any ends they were opened for any traveler. The ends were open for any traveler and like in uh, uh, our day and time. The price varied on a normal day. Lower prices when there was little activity was charged, but during the Jewish feast and special occasions such as the taxation of uh, the people, the price of the, of the night would go up. Uh, you might call that price gouging as is done in this day and time occasionally especially in gas stations and so uh, the innkeeper he could be selective on who he let stay in his in his inn there was no uh, governmental protection against such uh, discrimination in that day and time and so uh, the innkeeper could say well if you've got enough money you can stay here and if you don't well too bad go on to the next place but this is not like salvation, is it? Salvation is free to all. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. For by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourselves, it's the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And then we turn to the book of John and we read in chapter 8 of verse number 32. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you... Free, salvation is free, unlike the ends where they charge whatever they so wanted. And so we see that salvation cannot be earned, salvation cannot be bought, salvation cannot be bargained for, but salvation must be received as a free gift. But as many as received him, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God, even to those that believe on his name. And so salvation, unlike the innkeepers and the charges that they make, the salvation is for whosoever, not just a select few. Romans 10, 13 says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And unlike the price in those ends that went up and down according to what day it was, it never changes. Salvation never changes, nor does Jesus. Hebrews 13, 8 says, Jesus Christ the same today, yesterday, today, and forever. He's the same. So ends were open. They were open to any traveler. Inns in that day had obscure places, obscure places. Like the innkeeper, many Christians today have an obscure or vague place for Jesus to reside in their lives. Only when it's convenient is Jesus used. And unfortunately, it is used. Let us see what God thinks about His Son and Himself in our lives. If we'll turn to the book of Deuteronomy, chapter number six, and verse four. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart with all thy soul with all thy might not part-time not when it's convenient but all the time jesus gave his all and we should surrender to him we should consecrate to him we should dedicate to him we should be willing to serve Him with our whole life. Romans 12, 1. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is just simply your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind you might prove what is that good and perfect and acceptable will of God. And so we should not be serving God in a vague way or an obscure way, but we should serve God with our whole life. He says in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 24, Then said Jesus to his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. And whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. And so salvation is free. But discipleship is costly. Did you hear that? You can be saved freely today, but if you follow the Lord, you're going to have to deny things in your life and put Him in your life where He should be, first place. The world demands our lives today. The world demands our time. The world demands our allegiance. But Jesus says... 1 John 2, 15, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. And then the Apostle Paul teaches us in chapter 2 of the book of Galatians, and verse 20, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh is, I live by the, by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me more today than any time before. We should proclaim Christ as the head of our life. So we see there was a, an open, in the end it was an open place. We see in the ends there was an obscure part like the, the place where they kept the cattle and the horses and the animals and that was where Christ was born. And then we see finally that in an end there was complete, completely occupied. It was completely full. No vacancy. And oh, my friends today, isn't that a picture of the world? I'm afraid even the church sometimes and even in individual Christians' lives. Many today have no time for God. Many today have no time for the church nor spiritual things. The innkeeper, even in Mary's condition, could not make her a comfortable place in the inn. He could only offer that which he probably didn't make too much money on a stable. Why? Why are people this way today? Why was that inn occupied? And so we see in Luke chapter number 12 the answer. <clears throat> And verse 16, he spoke a parable unto them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentiful. And he thought unto himself, What shall I do, because I have no place to bestow my crops? And he said, This will I do. I will pull down my barns and build greater. And there will I bestow all my crops and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Oh soul, Thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease. Eat. Drink. Be merry. Mm. But God said. Oh, we better see that again. So let's say that again. But God said. Thou fool. This night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then whose shall these things be which thou hast provided? So is he that layeth a treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. Why was there no vacancy? Because the innkeeper was more concerned with money and the things of this world than he was a pregnant lady that was giving birth to a baby. I mean, it's just a baby. Oh, but if he had known what baby this was. And so what should our attitude be concerning Christ and vacancy in our lives for Him? Paul says in Colossians chapter number 3 and verse 1, If ye then be risen with Christ, Seek those things which are above. Where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affections on things above. Not on things on the earth. For ye are dead. And your life is hidden. With Christ in God. And so we see. It is a. Sense in a sense it is that Jesus came knocking on the innkeeper's door and he turned him away like many today that just won't answer won't answer the door won't answer the knocks of salvation won't answer the testimony that you give, won't answer the gospel tract that they read, will not answer the gospel songs that they hear sung. And don't you find it sort of amazing how people will decorate and light up their homes and act like that. They are just so excited about Christ's but when the truth is they have no room in their hearts, in their homes, in their lives, and all that it is is commercial, and all it is is who can outgive the other. Might we turn to the Revelation chapter three and verse twenty? Behold. I stand at the door of your heart and knock. If any man will open the door, I will come in and sup with him and he with me. But guess what? You have to open the door. You know, Jesus has never forced his way into anyone's life. Jesus has never try to insult anyone or belittle anyone into becoming a Christian. That's why when we give an invitation in our church, we invite you to come. But we don't come back and force you to come. Only the Holy Spirit can draw a man, woman, or child, or young person to salvation. He says, whosoever will may Come. And drink of the water of life freely. But it's up to you. Oh, how I would have everyone saved that I come in contact with, if it were possible for them to do that. Today we are invited our brother in law to come and eat with us. And he said he'd come. We're not forcing him. We gave an invitation, and he's coming. How I would like to see him come to know Jesus as his Savior. How I would like to see some of you come to know Jesus as your Savior. But it's up to you. we presented the gospel. And the Bible says, Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You've heard what you need to do. You need to receive the gift. And it's up to you to do that. And so I would say, as we would uh, listen to the beautiful song, to make room for him. Yeah. If- season of the year to give your life to the Lord what a gift he gave to us and all we have to do is receive it in a few minutes you're going to receive some gifts all you had to do is take it and that's all you had to do with Jesus just open your heart and let him in just say to him Lord I'm sorry for my sin. Forgive me. Come into my life and save me. So simple. The child can do it. This child did it 50-some years ago. All you have to do is invite Jesus into your life, and he'll save you. If you've done that or would like to do that this morning, We'd encourage you to tell us because the Bible says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. You must confess it. Don't be ashamed. Paul says, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Just believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Please tell us. Father, we thank you for uh, the wonderful, beautiful story of thy birth. Worship you and praise you as the angels did and the shepherds did and then uh, the wise men came and they worshiped you and we just worship you today. Thank you and give you the glory, honor, and praise for all that you've done for us. We pray <coughs> the blessing of all to each one that everyone will have a safe and Merry, very Merry Christmas. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. 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 Okay, we're going to uh, have our classes come up. And we'll have them men that are over the... Uh, the... Uh, Distribution of the fruit treats to come at this time. I think, can you put them up here? Yeah, in there. Uh, those who helped us, please don't say, oh, I don't really need that. It's a gift. What are you supposed to do with a gift? Accept it. Because it's given in love from your church. Give out all the fruit treats, then Dylan's going to be Santa's helper here. Dylan, not in go sit down and
1: no,
0: get your fruit thinking, treat first. You're on
1: after that. <laughs>
0: Some guys downstairs, the little ones. We don't want to overlook anybody.